From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Doherty. This is The Deeper Dig. So when we arrived at Lake Carmi, you know, we came into the state park. It was an absolutely gorgeous early summer day. <laughs> this is our environmental reporter, Elizabeth Gripkoff. It's hard to believe that this lake, as it was designated last year, as a lake in crisis. You know, it looks, you see have blue water. There was some families swimming, people out boating. You know, it's a fairly large lake when you get out there. It's Vermont's fourth largest lake. And, you know, it's the lake's ringed by trees and some camps. And it's, I mean, it's really an absolutely bucolic setting. This week, Elizabeth and I came up to Franklin to see a new lake aeration system that local residents, researchers, and state officials all hope will curb the toxic algae blooms that pop up here almost every summer. Hey, how's it going? When we got to Lake Carmi, we met up with John Tucci, who's the head of Everblue Lakes, and that's a company that the state's hired to build this aeration system. So we walk over with him um, to this large metal box near the lake, and there's a faint humming noise. So this is one of two landside compressor systems that are driving the Lake Carmi aeration system. He opens up the kind of the lid of this box and it's it's way louder and there's this yeah pretty large air compressor did you take the lock off ready it's heavy okay and that shoots air into this other component called a manifold which is another metal box you know a bit a bit closer to the lake it then distributes it out to all of the diffusers inside the manifold the air from that one kind of hose basically is like divvied up amongst 40 different hoses and those, and they have valves, you can switch them on and off so they can kind of tinker with the system. And those then actually go into the lake water. Those airlines will all be bundled up and straightened out into a neat, a neat bundle and then they, they go out together for a couple hundred feet before they start spreading out. They kind of fan out to these ceramic diffusers that are on the bottom of the lake. So I'll pull a diffuser up. John was saying that they have or like a billion holes on the top of the ceramic diffusers that then shoot up you know, oxygen bubbles into the lake. The air goes into this stainless steel chamber and gets distributed evenly across the surface of the ceramic underneath and coming out of this, bu- this column of billions of bubbles come out of this stone. What's the end goal of all this? It's to put oxygen into the water, but John was saying that, you know, by putting air into the water, you're essentially continuously mixing up the lake water. And he was saying that, you know, Mother Nature actually does most of the heavy lifting in this system because by bringing up, you know, water that's at the bottom of the lake to the surface, it gets in contact with the air and so is oxygenated. This is really a circulatory system for a lake. So 80 of these, between the two systems, were actually moving the entire volume of water of Lake Carmi to the surface about once every three days. And the reason why is that by having the water have more oxygen in it, you're able to prevent phosphorus that's kind of trapped in what he referred to as this compost bottom of the lake from being released. And phosphorus is basically like the food for cyanobacteria blooms. Why does Lake Carmi need a whole custom aeration system like this in the first place? Carmi has been plagued by phosphorus pollution for 
decades. This isn't a new problem. Um, and a lot of that originally did come from, you know, there's a lot of dairy farms in the watersheds. You had runoff kind of going off into the lake. Um, and a lot of that in recent years has been a lot of work, you know, cleaning up, not, not just farms, but also other sources like septic systems around the lake that maybe weren't, you know, built up to code or whatever, you know, roads eroding in and getting sediment into the lake. So the state and then also, you know, other organizations, residents, farmers, everyone have kind of been working together to try to reduce the amount of total phosphorus going into the lake. But because there was basically so much phosphorus has built up at the bottom of the lake over time, the aeration system is really meant at targeting the phosphorus that's already in the lake. The lake begins to run out of oxygen in June, and as that happens at the bottom of the lake, uh, it sets up a chemical reaction that allows phosphorus or fertilizer, food for blue-green algae, to release from that sediment, that compost pile at the bottom of the lake, into the bottom waters of the lake. Aeration is the right move for this lake because if we can keep oxygen down at the bottom all the time through the summer, it prevents that chemical release from happening. No phosphorus, no algae. And by getting the water more oxygenated, you can prevent phosphorus from being released from the sediment at the bottom of the lake and, you know, fueling those cyanobacterial blooms. So this is sort of, while they're, you know, working on reducing the total amount of phosphorus kind of entering the lake, they also just, they need to deal with this, what they call legacy phosphorus that's already in the lake to try to have a more immediate impact on stopping these algal blooms. Things that like Carmi kind of came to a head in 2017. I mean, there had been algal blooms for some time. We met with uh, Pete Benevento and Larry Mayotte, and they're both part of the Lake Karma Campers Association. And Pete actually also is the vice president of the Franklin Watershed Committee. And they were saying, yeah, this is, you know, it's not like this is a new issue. The earliest bloom that I recall that was significant was 2006. And I wrote an article for the, for the local LCCA newsletter and they closed the beach. It was it was in September, and it was it was one of the more significant blooms. But nothing really happened. You know, the people were upset, but since it was, I think it was late September, it didn't get the attention that the blooms in 2017 received. I grew up here on the lake, because my aunt and uncle had a camp just down the road here. Um, I'm you know yeah I'm curious how like. You've seen the water quality, you know, change over the years. And- well, yes, it has because it's yeah. been a lot, a lot more often than it used to be, at least in my opinion. And uh, there are some people who say, "Oh, it goes back to 1920 yeah. or before." Well, we don't know that. You know, we don't have any records of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know when I was a kid, every August, mm-hmm. we'd end up with green water. So, you know, this has been going on. It's not something that's brand new, but it's been getting progressively worse. But in 2017, there was kind of this perfect storm of factors that led to horrendous algal blooms. Um, You know, the beaches were closed for weeks during the late summer. People we talked to who have camps around Carmi were saying, you know, the algae blooms, it, it would be so bad, you know, that summer 2017 and other years wouldn't have been bad that they, they couldn't even, like, go out on their decks because the, just the, the stench of it, you know, they obviously didn't want to go swimming or go boating or fishing, anything like that. I mean, some of them were stunning. I mean, it looked like a mosaic when you look down at the, 
the algae. It, it was oh, it was unbelievable. I had never seen it like that before. What do you mean the composé? It has patterns and colors, uh, swirls. You know, I mean, if you looked at it and you took a piece of it and you put it on a canvas, you'd say, oh, wow, you know? But, you know, <laughs> in the water, it's just horrible. Yeah. And it smells, and obviously you can't do anything. It's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. And then Larry even was describing that he'd had these eye infections and his doctor thought they you know, maybe were linked to the algae bloom. Well, in t 2004, no, 2005 maybe, uh, I got an eye infection in both eyes oh, wow. yeah. during, during a bloom. Yeah. You know, the wind was coming right off the lake yeah. and we're right there. T uh, 2017, I was around taking a lot of photos and I got two eye, eye infections again. This time the doctor said, I think it's your, your problem at the lake. So it was really having a pretty bad effect. We also talked with Maya King, who is an interpreter up at the park, and he was saying that you know, day use had definitely been impacted by algae blooms. I mean, obviously, if the beaches are closed, people aren't going to want to come to Lake Carmi. Two years ago, yeah, it was in as far as my recollection, yeah. was one of the worst years. Okay. Um, yeah, we had it pretty early on. It, it, it has built up, but we yeah. the last last year wasn't as bad. So it's every year it really varies according to all the local conditions going on. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. people still camped here, yeah. um, and because we have a campground, we still saw people come. But yeah. um, day use, yeah, you see an effect when it's you know really nice weather and you have the beach closed, people aren't going to come stay on the beach, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, it was really having an, a detrimental effect on anyone who wanted to come visit the lake. And I think people just kind of felt like they'd had, you know, they'd had enough at that point and really wanted more immediate action to be taken. I mean, the state had been, you know, working with people in the watershed to, to try to clean up Carmi, but they were just saying, you know, we, we got to do something quicker. Because of the, the impact of the 2017 blooms and how significantly bad they were, yeah. uh, that's what generated the attention and I think finally the motivation that, hey, we have to do something for Lake Carmi. They came to the state house, you know, talked with representatives, talked with people in the state, and Carmi actually became officially designated a lake in crisis, um, which led to this kind of accelerated cleanup plan and that's where this aeration system comes in to really try to prevent cyanobacterial blooms from happening as, as soon as possible by keeping that phosphorus at the bottom of the lake, you know, kind of trapped there. How are they going to know whether this is working or not? You know, the state and then also residents around the lake and, and UVM as well are going to be conducting water quality monitoring on a really regular basis. You know, they're going to be tracking the amount of phosphorus in the lake, the amount of dissolved oxygen, and then also you know, obviously they already do this, but keeping track of um, cyanobacterial blooms. So I think kind of analyzing all that data will really enable everyone to get a sense of, of how this system's working. Yeah, yeah. Actually, when we went out on the boat with John, we ran into Mark Mitchell, who's an environmental scientist with the state. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Mark Mitchell. You're Mark. All right, hey, I'm John. Doing, yeah, John? hey, Mark. All right. And then we also ran into Pete, who we were meeting with later in yeah. the boat. <laughs> yeah, we got good oxygen pretty much down to eight meters. That's that last little bit. Still gets pretty low, but... How, oh yeah, where is it at eight meters? Almost three milligrams per liter. That's over that 2.5. Yep. So that's a good sign. Good. So they were taking dissolved oxygen 
levels, you know, out out on a boat on the lake. So it was kind of cool to actually get to see (laughs) some of that work, you know, some of that work going on. They had their sensor just on this buoy, this little orange round buoy that just had in Sharpie marker on it, just said research in big block letters. That kind of cracked me up. Yeah. So these people who were really impacted by the blooms in 2017 and before, what's their take on this big new system being installed? How are they feeling about it? They are feeling, I think optimistic is not even <laughs> a strong enough word <laughs> to describe how they're feeling. From, from everything we've read, this is a scientifically proven means to, to stop the legacy phosphorus mm-hmm. from fueling algae blooms. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, the science is there. They've installed other aeration systems in other lakes where it has proven to, to work. So we're, we're hoping yeah. that it works here in Lake Carmine. And yeah, we, so are you, are you hopeful that this aeration system... I am more than hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited about it. This, this, is, this is working. It's, this is what we need. This is the science that we've never had before, and we're going to have the records and everything to go with it. They're so excited about it, and not only that, but they're also saying it's just sort of, you know, ushering in this whole new wave of collaboration amongst, you know, the state, amongst farmers, um, campers, or I guess it's, it's really symbolic of this of this collaboration, and they are really hopeful that it will, you know, as soon as this summer start reducing the potential for cyanobacterial blooms. Yeah, people, people were frustrated. They, yeah. and they, they, people were very passionate about water quality and, and what had happened here, what has happened here and what has happened in conjunction to Lake Champlain. Yeah. And that helped raise awareness. Yeah. That helped raise awareness and that did help get us here. Yeah. Um, but what it did and what, what's important about that is that it opened up the lines of communication. Mm-hmm. So now we have, you know, we have direct communication with the state. Mm-hmm. We're, we, we're opening up lines of communication with the agricultural community okay. to work with them to hopefully, you know, not change, but yes, change practices so yeah. that they, they don't have an impact on the lake. That type of relationship and that type of communication wasn't there before. Yeah. So we're working on that. That's a, that's a work in progress. Yeah. That's a work in progress. I think that this installation this week Mm -hmm. is making for a whole new attitude Mm -hmm. here at the lake and in the town of Franklin and in the state of Vermont. And when you say, do you mean a whole new attitude? A a more positive attitude that, you know, something can be done for water quality and we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they also are aware that, you know, there's no silver bullet solution for dealing with the water quality issues. So they know that the other work that's going on in the watershed, you know, needs to continue and that, yeah, there probably will still be occasional cyanobacterial blooms. I think they expressed a little bit of concern, maybe that if people did see a cyanobacterial bloom on Carmen, they might say, oh, you know, the system's not working. So I think there's this education that's going to be occurring about how it's going to take some time for everything to, to work. Now, sure, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. We all understand that. Yeah. You know, and and I also I also know that you know, we may get an algae bloom. Right. It should not be nearly as bad as we've ever had. Yeah. But when that does happen, there will be a lot of naysayers that are saying, I see, I told you so, it's not going to work. Yeah. But over a period of time, I think it's going to be a, a very positive thing. It's going to make some great changes. Mm-hmm. Are there 
still open questions? I mean, are there still reasons for people to be skeptical? Yeah, I think, I mean, when we talked with John Tucci, you know, he said that this system was, you know, in the biggest lake that they've ever worked in. We like to say that we've been practicing for more than 10 years for this project, you know, for a project that's this big, um, this important. And we've done other lakes up to about 500 acres and we've worked in some bigger reservoirs, but this is the, the biggest single lake and project that we've done so far. And really almost anybody, I think anybody has done in the country so far. I mean, he said, you know, we've been sort of training for the decade we've been running this business for something like this. But, you know, anytime you're like setting up a a large system like this, there could be unexpected challenges. We're, We're actually also hoping that the need for aeration will either go down or maybe eventually disappear. Right now, together, we're kind of looking at this as about a 10 year project. How does this project fit into this broader question about water cleanup around the state? The day after we actually went up, there was a sort of an unveiling to the public of this system. And, you know, the governor held his weekly press conference up there, you know, in conjunction with other people who've been working on Lake Carmai. I know how important this uh, 1,400-acre lake is to anglers, birders, boaters, and campers alike. We all know how devastating it was when the summer season on the lake was cut short by a long and intense blue-green algae bloom in the summer of 2017. You know, they're sort of positioning this as a success of what can happen when, you know, the state and, and local residents and everyone kind of work together to address water quality. But, you know, meanwhile, Vermont, Lake Carmi is still under this pollution reduction order. So there's still all this ongoing work going on in the watershed. You know, obviously we also have cyanobacteria blooms in Lake Champlain, Lake Memphremagog is also under a pollution reduction order. Mm. So there's kind of this bigger challenge that's going on, and it could be interesting to see whether a system like this could be scaled up. Um, but part of the challenge that when I've talked with people at the state is that you really want to work on addressing the pollution coming into lakes, not just trying to, you know, sort of patch up what's what's already there. And that's something that's just going to take, that just take, that takes a lot of time. There's still work to do. Yeah, there's, I would say there's still work to do. Got it. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, Mike. And thanks for going up to Lake Carmi with me. Hey, anytime. <laughs> you can find Elizabeth's reporting on Lake Carmi and on water quality issues around the state at vtdigger.org. While you're there, check out video from our trip to see what this new system looks like. You can also find that on our YouTube channel. Just search for VT Digger. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the Digger Newsroom. Every Friday, we go deep on one key story that we've been following. If you search for The Deeper Dig and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll automatically get new episodes as soon as they land. We used music this week by Blue Dot Sessions and Poddington Bear. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger Newsroom. Have a nice weekend.